0: The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by McDers, American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. In case you didn't notice, we got a new intro. Woo, I'm so excited about this. Moontooth, who's our guest this week, is one of my favorite new bands. I
2: am not toy! As You it.
1: may recall I booked them for the repeal Day Expo uh, a while back. You know in Deggy world and i was just so excited to be able to talk to them and get the rights to their song all at all angles and it is a song that just has resonated with me and i've listened to over and over and over and over again in a time that i really needed to and i think that's the thing about music music is is healing and you know the past year uh i've been very vocal about this on this on this podcast The past year has been very tough on me, and I think it's been tough on everybody. And music has helped get me through it, as well as, you know, great listeners and YouTube followers. But there's that moment when you're kind of alone and you're listening to a song, and it just really resonates with you. It's really important to you. And for me, it was Moontooth. Like, Moontooth is uh, is a band that i i believe is is like a future metallica or a future slipknot i just i that's how much i believe in this band and so for me to get the opportunity to license a song i love so much is huge and so you will be hearing all at all angles uh in in all of my intros both on youtube and uh on my podcast the audio version so many, 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 many more times to hear that beautiful song. And if you can, I recommend going and listening to Moontooth right now before you check out this podcast because it'll give you a greater appreciation for the interview, which, by the way, is long. But as you know, sometimes when I'm with a band, I, uh, I, get, I get to having a good time. And We had a lot of fun. Yes, we did. We had a lot of fun drinking some fine whiskey. And uh, I just had a great time with them. And again, thank you to Moontooth for coming on and for uh, giving me the rights to play your song, uh, which I will do so with great honor on every episode of The Fred Minnick Show moving forward. But enjoy this week's episode, folks. And now, a word from our sponsors.
0: People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Write it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly.
3: At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Mictors gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Mictor's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Mictor's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey.
1: Joining the Fred Minnick Show is my favorite new rock band, and I'm telling you folks, I booked them for the Repeal Day Expo, uh, and some breaking news, that new music you heard is theirs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Moontooth. Gentlemen, how you doing?
4: What's, What's
0: up?
1: <laughs> What's up? So, uh, John, Vincent, Ray, it's so I'm so excited to have you all on and i'm even more excited that i was able to license the your song all the angles for my for for the intro of my podcast for here until um you know hopefully forever i i love that song that song like i don't know what it is but that song just like it i love it it's like i i hear it i want to work out to it i want to smoke a cigar to it i want to drink bourbon to it <laughs> I want to listen to it while I'm in the car. I mean, it's crazy how much I love that song.
5: Thank you, man.
1: And I think I actually do represent probably 25% of the the first quarter of 2021's downloads for that one on Apple Music.
2: (laughs) Thanks.
1: So who, so where did, uh, you know, it's obviously, I think it's your most popular Mm -hmm. song. Where did, where did, uh, where was the inspiration behind all the angles? Where did that? Kind of, you know, give me the story of, of that song in, in particular.
4: Want um, Well, um, yeah, so basically I had uh, – it was written a long time before uh, Crux came out. Um, the lyrics were it started as a poem and then uh, ended up, you know, a lot of times, like, especially back then, I would write a lot of poetry and then Nick or sometimes Ray would come up with a riff and, like, Sometimes I'd be like, oh, this this fits perfectly for that. And I'd kind of restructure it to do it. And this was the case with, with this song. Um, I was uh, in a long-term relationship and um, with a girl. And, uh, it, you know, it just wasn't working out. We ended up splitting up and moving out of the place we were living together. And, um, you know, kind of a, in part, basically, mm-hmm. wonderful person. It wasn't like a, you know, a, a nasty breakup or anything. But it's just like a lot of it had to do with me choosing to kind of devote myself to this path of doing this, uh, which is a lot to ask somebody to put up with Mm -hmm. if they're not Mm -hmm. the one in the band or something, you know? Um, So it was just kind of like mulling that over and like a moment of not feeling sorry for myself and feeling like, you know what, I'm, you know, looking around at the emptying out apartment and like, you know what, I'm not going to Ikea. I'm not trying to live up to any standards that somebody thinks of, I should hit this mark at this point in life and yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, I, I want to be something awe-inspiring, like, and I want to be inspired and I want to be awestruck. And like, that's with you know, the line, like awe at all angles, being like, you know, being the awe-inspiring thing, whether it's like you're, you know, you're providing your passion to the world, not just me, anybody is what I mean. Um, And also taking the awe that you feel, um, looking at life and experiencing life and turning that into, positive and just being bold and rashly who you are, you know.
1: Yeah, and all at all angles is like, you know, in Nick's uh opening guitar, it just that that is one of the to me that has like a little bit of a it just feels it feels it feels like music used to be in some ways. Like in some ways I kind of like think of like I know that uh sweet child of mine you know, from from Slash. Every time I hear, it. and it's the same with it's it's the same with this song. It's like that opening guitar to me. That's like so rock, and then your vocals. It's just such a beautiful song. Thanks, man. Thank you. you. So uh, obviously, like Nick's not Nick's not with us today. <laughs> so if now if there's a time you want to talk some a little bit of business on him, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> you know, feel free feel free to like. Uh, uh, you know he's obviously you know people really respect his his guitar works he's you know, he's featured in guitar world you know he's like you know noted for what um you know what many think are like you know some of the the great rising stars as, as a guitarist give us give us a little story about Nick since he's not here to to defend himself or add to the story
5: <laughs> John plays all the guitar Nick doesn't record it <laughs> yeah, we needed we needed a
4: uh a face for the band and mine clearly wasn't it so
5: (laughs) yeah i mean we uh we've been i've known nick since we were kids since we were i don't know 13 years old me and my business partner at westfall we used used to play in a band together uh, from middle school and then we just never really lost contact we've always been playing with each other we had another band before this called exemption Mm-hmm. and then that broke up so me and nick started you know moontooth that day basically and then you know then we got uh, john and vin involved in the project like immediately and just started to continue write music but yeah nick's a fucking beast he also plays in um riot uh riot five which he's been doing for a while um i think riot started in like the late seventy, like late 70s, and was, they put out Thundersteel and a bunch of other, you know, really popular records, um, and he's, he's a fucking beast. He's a monster. That's for sure. So how did you, like how,
1: how did you find John and Vin? Did you just put it, did you do, uh like, Lars Ulrich in, uh, in the 70s with Metallica just put an ad in the paper for, um...
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was actually, um, playing drums in a different band with Nick where Nick played like lead guitar in or second guitar. Cause it was two kind of leads basically. Um, so I had been playing in a band with Nick for a while and that's how I met Ray. Cause the band before Nick joined that other band, uh, which is called rice cultivation society, uh, rice opened up for exemption, Nick and Ray's previous band. And that's how I met them. And I was just, blown away and horrified because i had to follow ray on drums which was just i should have just gone home at that point <laughs> but um but yeah i met them and then nick joined the band uh joined rice cultivation society <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually he moved into a house that i was living at uh, our, our friend joe's house and um yeah we we all kind of um knew each other through the scene except me and vin didn't know each other so you take it from, take it from there vin
2: yeah. I, uh, I knew Nick and Ray just, um, from like a local scene. I had played in like a metal band with, uh, Ray's, um, studio, uh, partner slash co-owner. And, uh, I, he kind of brought me into that circle and, you know, I remember just having a house party after exemption broke up and, uh, you know, me, Nick and, and Ray were just like hanging out in my living room and I was like, Hey, like I want to jam, like, let me know when, when we can do that. And, uh, A few months went by, didn't hear anything from them. And I was like, well, okay, I guess that didn't happen. And then, like, Nick called me up. He's like, hey, uh, what are you doing on uh, Tuesday morning? And I'm like, "Uh, nothing, man. What's up? He's like, all right, I'm going to come over. We're going to jam and uh, get that started. And, And by that, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday night. I was at our first band practice doing our first photo shoot and then met John for the first time. And I could honestly say, like, it was kind of intimidating walking into a situation and starting a project with someone I never met before but I don't know if it's his, his charming good looks but once our eyes met we kind of like I don't know it just felt really good and he reminded me of, of another good friend of mine and I reminded him of another good friend of his and I don't know x amount of years later we're we're brothers at this point we've been through the ringer together and it was fate it was kind of just meant to be and we were just we were just going with whatever was happening at the time and that's where we're at now
1: now Nick yeah, is Nick is the only member of the band that doesn't have a full on beard. Is that right, or did, has he grown one during COVID?
4: He's got like a Jack Sparrow oh, thing, going
1: on, a little bit. Yeah, so like a goatee thing. All right, so he
5: calls it a pirate beard, which is his words, not mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I I uh, I was uh, so that's a shout out to Nick, man, uh, that you know great guitarist and how uh, the story of how y'all came to be. Um, you know, to me, it's it's a little bit of a kind of like a modern, the modern musician, you know, story. I was over here, they were over there, and we just kind of came together, and then we played. And what was it like when you all first played together for the first time? Did did it sound right, or was it like "Eh, we got to work on this?
5: I mean, it took obviously it takes a while for everybody to really gel together, but I. One of my first memories, like, I don't remember the very first practice. I remember the very first time that we, um, we had this song that just never made it uh, to a release and John just put vocals down. We were just like, all right, come in. And we have this demo, just put vocals on it. We'll record it. And, you know, we just want to kind of hear how it went. And I remember just being like, Oh shit. Like we gotta, we gotta get this guy. Cause I don't know if he really knows that he's good. He could join like a fucking, a band that would probably be way more successful. So we got to just trick him to thinking that <laughs> he can come in. Actually, yeah. John's first words or first email that he sent us to be in the band was basically like, Hey, I've been following you guys for a while, but long story short, like I'm going to, I'm going to be in your band. Like I'm the guy and that's, that's what's going to happen. And we're like, yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> Cause that's we all awesome. felt the same way. And then just Vin playing in the room was like, It just—I don't know—his his his bass just sounded so fucking good, and it just—I feel like the rhythm that we had together just felt right immediately. Like I was just kind of like, that's what I really remember: is things coming together, being like, is this is this happening? Is this happening right now? Like it's uh, it's like a little too easy, basically. But I had a really good feeling when we started.
1: Well, the, minute, the first time I heard you guys, I, I, I called your manager, Jonathan King, as like, I, I have to get them on my show, and then and then I ended up doing an event called Repeal Day Expo, and I managed to get your um, your acoustic set uh, that you all had done for, I, I can't remember what event it was, but you all did like a, a virtual acoustic set, mm-hmm. and um, all the people who attended the Repeal Day Expo we were walking away from that saying like, oh my God, they were awesome. And so, like a lot of a lot of hard rock fans, so like everybody who gets a chance to see you, or you know, I, I think watching you all perform, you sound sa- you sound great on the radio. But you're you're a band that I feel like once touring gets back on and you all are able to get on the stage and you know you're on the you're on the uh, ticket with someone like uh, Slipknot or Metallica, um, or Rage, someone like that. You know, you're gonna get their fans because you really do connect with that those people who like those that type of music and i hate that covid hit because you're not able to tour yeah you know (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah we we definitely you know we put a lot of work into our albums and a lot of that goes into ray you know we put all of us put a lot of thought into our recordings and whatnot like a lot but ray is has to multiply that by like 20 you know 50 times more work because he's our engineer and our producer as well so he's constantly there doing it while we put all that attention into our recordings we really do kind of feel more at home as being like a live band and a touring band and you know that's that's where we really you know come alive I think and and uh even if we've said many times over the years you know if you're not into kind of heavy music or even rock and roll or anything if you come to a show of ours we you know we're confident we can make a fan out of you because we just, we love putting on a good show and getting people, you know, dancing, laughing, having fun, you know, feeling energized and, and feeling great and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's all about the live show for us. Yeah.
1: Well, this is, uh, I have no musical talent. My my talent <laughs> is uh, drinking. So I, I would like to now to bring you into my stage and let us, let us start uh, sipping some whiskey, but we're actually not going to start with whiskey we're gonna start with an apple brandy. So I sent you all a little uh Hoosier Apple Brandy. Uh apple brandy is a is a style of spirit that used to be extremely common in the United States. It is no longer made at at a high level. Like it's not really made a lot here. There's only a handful of distilleries do it. Uh you'll see it labeled as Applejack. But this is uh, made in Indiana at Spirits of French Lake. There's a casino there, by the way, which uh, likes to book bands. You, you know, Make sure your agent's looking into those guys, because that's only 75 miles from my house. And so this is going to be um, two years. And this was aged for two years in used oak. Now, the, the world capital for an apple brandy style, it's called Calvados. It's made in Normandy. It's one of the greatest spirits in the world. In all spirits tasters who ever get a chance to put it upon their lips are like, I would drink that every day for the rest of my life. You know, that's what I want before I die. It's, it's amazing. So, so that is, uh, so we're going to start with, uh, with, with apple apple and Of course they, they, they mash the apples, make it, turn it into kind of like an apple wine and then they distill that and spirits of French lake is a, uh, friend of the show i had i drank one of their uh products with uh scott ian of anthrax and and he was like he was like in love with their stuff so this is a new distillery kind of relatively new less than 10 years old but they're really really good now when we when we assess spirit uh when it's really important to kind of look at the color analyze the clarity of it and then you know when we get to the bourbon well, I'll talk about why it's really important there as well. Other categories, you in bourbon, you can't add any coloring or anything. It's just the barrel that's causing, you know, creating the the color. Other spirits, you can, but you can tell, you can see just a little bit. You can see some. They don't, they look like floaties. That's actually kind of like fatty acids that are that uh, that are kind of floating around. Uh, there's a little bit of a term called flocking, and that's uh, basically. It that is the that's flavor it, it it's flavor like like this is like an organic kind of creation of spirit so you swirled around a little bit bring it to your nose and when you bring it to your nose smell with your mouth open when you smell with your mouth open you're picking up more than just the alcohol fumes and you're able to kind of you know go back and forth with it so this is a it really does smell like apples first to me anyway yeah. i mean Can smell that. It does not smell like a banana. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so now after we smelled it a little bit, just put a little bit on the palate and taste.
5: Wow. That's really good. That is good. It tastes like, like a sherry scotch
1: sherried scotch somehow <clears throat> it definitely has it has a lot so you you referenced uh you know like a sherried scotch so that's like something that's really fruity yeah you know there's a lot of like uh, fig notes and and like honey and 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 like uh apricot and nut notes in and, and a sherried scotch and you can definitely see that alive you know those types of flavors here alive and and, you know, these these distillers, this um, this particular distiller has a belief and an inspiration of bringing back a lot of uh, old old recipes. And, and Hoosier apple brandy is something, you know, that he's trying to bring back. And, uh, you know, there, to me, there's a lot of similarities between music and making really good whiskey or brandy or wine even. And I always like to ask people, like, what's their – inspiration behind their music so i I will i will throw it out to you know the instrument i think is the most underrated underappreciated instrument in all of music and that's a bass player
2: what's your inspiration brother wow that's a good question honestly um i think for it's hard to say i think for us we have this like almost like blue collar work ethic where we all, all of our dads just like busted their ass their whole life. And we're taking that mentality and applying it to our music. Um, And I think a lot of our stuff is made with a lot of love and a lot of um, focus. Um, But as far as me personally, like I'm just looking to bring whatever emotion that riff is speaking about or um, bringing some kind of like beautiful melody to it or, you know, thunderous ground shaking Um But I'm, I'm just trying to find what everyone else is feeling and uh, amplifying that as well as like adding my own little twists in there as well.
1: Ray, when you're, when you are like putting, putting a song all, all together, you know, when it, everything's been recorded and, in you know what what do you do you do you find that your your belief in a song changes in post does it do you have a different uh mentality in post than you do in the creation of it
5: i mean a lot of times you know especially with our stuff when i hear a song i already know what i want it to sound like in my head like as soon as somebody sends a demo if nick has a demo of just guitar and then John sings vocals over it in, you know, sometimes in a very rough form, if it's just vocals on a cell phone or guitars through a cell phone video, whatever it may be, I always have the vision in my head, or at least I try to. Mm -hmm. So by the time it gets down to mixing, that's, I'm trying to get what's in here out of the speakers, which is like, that's the biggest problem. But um, as long as I had the initial thought, you know, I'm always trying to think about what, is going to translate the music into the best spot. You know, I'm not, I'm trying to add to the music as well, you know, as a producer and an engineer and just make sure that our vision is captured perfectly and, you know, kind of moved out to the listener. But um, it's, it's just a matter of sometimes there's magic, you know, you, you recorded a song like three times, you do a demo and then as soon as you go, okay, this is the final version. This is the final bass, final vocal guitar, whatever it is then you know it's a lot more set in stone so that's when the last little bit of like unexpected magic so to speak would come out and you might come up with something that you never have tried before even if the song's six months old so yeah i mean sometimes there is like a little rebirth once it comes to the final version of something
2: mm-hmm
1: john do you do you feel like uh you know the, from from the singing perspective that uh, you have a different feel for for one song over over the other because i mean you have a you have a have a voice that you can go slow and uh go feel balladish if you will or you can scream the 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 roof off you know i mean you i mean you've got you've got some range so when do you when do you what, what what what's it a song that drives you to do one way or the other well, it's
4: uh, it's kind of like what Vin was saying before, there's a lot of like fate at play with this. Um, if you're collaborating with anybody and with anything, but if we're specifically talking about a band or a musical project, you know you found the right people when the material flows out like that. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, from the very start it was you know, when I would hear even if it was just a riff or a whole structured song or a couple of parts Most of the time uh melodies and lyrics will come very quickly. Uh like I was saying before, sometimes, especially in the earlier days, I would take poetry that I had, and if I found a song that emotionally felt similar, I'd attach it to it. But a lot of times, um it'll you know, especially nowadays, it'll I'll listen to a song and immediately think about all right, where what is this hitting in my heart? What is this making me feel? and what words is it bringing? up? And, um, yeah, it just kind of comes naturally. And, and the, you know, I think if you're, if you're trying too hard to make it happen, then you're messing up and, and you need to kind of just go with what you're really just holding up an antenna for something magical and bigger than you to decide it wants to descend and become a song, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, I'll just hear a song if I, if and, and there have been many times where I've been like out somewhere and I've been driving and I've had to pull over and I have like a little like kind of, you know, rinky dink uh, eight track recorder application on my phone and immediately have to start working on it because it's just like, all right, it's it's time to go, you know. So it's it's always really a very instinctual response to what the guys uh, bring to the table. And if it's not, if I'm you know, sometimes it fights a little bit and then I, you know it part of the fight is the purpose of the song coming out. And, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually something will come. Other times I, I'm just not getting something and then I'll just like ignore it for a long time and it may or may not become a song. So it's usually this. I would say the songs themselves decide which ones need to happen and how they need to happen. And I'm just, uh, I'm just playing my part.
1: (laughs) Wow. Now, um, when you are, when you are looking for like someone to model your voice after who what's a name a couple singers that you say like i really like or maynard goes here or i like you know axel goes there like give give me like give me some of your like you know singing people who inspire you singing wise
4: yeah um well <clears throat> it's interesting you mentioned maynard like i you know from high school and middle school, I was a huge tool fan. So that definitely got in there. Um, A lot of times, in fact, I'll try to be aware of how I'm sounding. Not so much now because I kind of feel like I have my own thing. But in the earlier days, I was very conscious of like, you know, I don't want to, you know, rip somebody off without noticing it. You know what I mean? If if I found myself doing things that were just like, okay, that's exactly – something Maynard does. Maybe move away from that, find your own things. But in high school, it was a lot of like, it was a lot of tool. Um, thank you this. I was listening to a lot. So Brandon Boyd got in there for sure. Um, uh, later on, uh, we got into a lot of like um, the Delta Blues and R&B and soul, Motown stuff. Um, Otis Redding is one of, probably at the top of my list. Um, but yeah, all, all that kind of like early soul stuff really kind of got me and especially go, going more in the blues aspect that always got me more with um with like muddy waters and Howlin' with the kind of gritty realness and the ugliness and the pain to that like always really spoke to me um something that made it through to, to what i do now in this more kind of rock and metal setting for sure
1: that's, all, that's awesome all right so here's a challenge for you go for some marvin gay go big or go home Go do some.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a do.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, let's go to our next tasting. We're going to go to uh, uh, Sonoma rye. So we we're going from uh, from a brandy to rye, and the correlation between these two is historically, you know, in the early parts of America, mm-hmm. both of these were distilled before the term bourbon was even out there so bourbon doesn't really come to be a thing you know arguably until the early 1800s you know some believe without uh, the best proof to back it would be the late 1700s but really it was the early 1800s when bourbon really came to came into its own and be its own thing and so uh this is uh, a rye whiskey coming out of sonoma california (laughs) and rye is its own style of whiskey. It has to be at least 51% rye. Of course, rye is its own is its own grain. It's very different than bourbon. Bourbon has to be predominantly corn, so it's going to be a very different uh, flavor profile than the bourbons we will taste here shortly. I like it. Vin's getting all up in there.
2: Yeah, I'm going for it. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's our aficionado, you know. Uh, I know. He's if got, you can't tell by our glasses. Ray yeah. is definitely one
5: those.
1: Uh... Hey, I love it. He's got the Canadian Glencairn. That's
5: actually Canadian and the, the Norlin, which I don't really use too much. But... Yeah, I don't like the Norlin. There you class. go. <laughs> I got it for Christmas. <laughs> the, uh, I have a jar
4: that uh, pasta sauce came in. No, I'm just kidding. I don't.
1: <laughs> pasta and whiskey. That'll work. Still works.
2: That's like our uh, tour diet right there. I had some peanut butter in there, and that's pretty much what yeah, we live on. <laughs> some gas station hot dogs and uh, some what do you, really good and some really bad whiskey. What, what do
1: you all drink when you're on the road? Whatever's available. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man, no.
5: Well, it depends on what state we're in. I mean, like when we, I think it was 2016, um, it was probably, I don't know, a year or two before that, which where I started really getting to bourbon and I was in this, uh, I was in Houston and um, this place, NASA liquors, some random store that I went into. They had um, they had old Scout single barrel like cases of it. And I bought a few bottles of that. I had a Weller antique, like 1.75 for like $38. Mm. And I just bought like a bunch of shit. <laughs> and so that's what I was drinking. Mostly on the road was probably mostly bourbon. And then if I get to, you know, get to the venue or bar, I'll just grab, grab a beer or something. Unless I like, like me and John will go back to the car and like, just have like a little sip of bourbon or something. And then, you know, before, you know, before the show, it was fine. Here's
4: here's a tour hack. Um, many times what we've done is uh, Mm -hmm. taken a water bottle and with a knife, just cut it in half. And that's like our little, you know, (laughs) tour, you know, shit rage whiskey glass. Um, you know, it's funny because sometimes we'll get um, <clears throat> drink tickets, uh, especially in the earlier days when we were playing any show we could get. You know, a drink ticket would buy you either a PBR or, like, bottom shelf liquor. And, uh, but I'd say in terms of liquor, it's it's we're mostly drinking whiskey, except when uh, Vin wants to bust out the tequila and then everybody's in trouble and then it's, uh, his alter ego comes out.
5: <laughs> yeah. I love it. Which is yeah. always a great problem. The drink tickets are fucking great. Like sometimes you, I'll like, they give us three and I just want something good. I'll just give them like three tickets for a fucking nice bourbon or scotch or something. They're usually cool with it. The one time that it ended up being like fucking amazing is, um, have you ever been to Lincoln, Nebraska?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
5: That place was like a, I don't know, like a bourbon oasis. We played the bourbon theater. And they had, um, the bartender was like, Oh, I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, we just got some Pappy Van Winkle. I don't know if you want to try it. I was like, uh, yeah, sure. So they had, um, they had the 10, 12, 15, and I think they had the 23 and with drink tickets, they were like $5 a glass. <laughs> so, wow, uh, yeah. So the whole night I was like, guys, I'm not driving. I am trying every single one of these. Cause it's probably the last time I'll ever be able to ch- have the chance to do that. Or it's not like a hundred dollars a glass, so yeah, I paid like five bucks for the twelve year, and um, with a drink ticket, and then like eight dollars for the fifteen, and I just tried the whole fucking. I tried all of them.
1: That's so They're cool. Like, yeah, Lincoln's yeah, got a major. good retail system there. I do. I do know yeah. that about it. Um, so when when what uh, so when you when you're at like festivals, do you go out in the crowd and and, and drink there, or you know do the promoters take care of
5: you in in your trailers sometimes yeah i mean i feel like depends on the tour we'll have like a a decent supply of you know they'll ask us what they want beforehand what we want and it'll be like a local you know cool beer maybe every once in a while we'll get lucky and get like a bottle of jameson or something or it's just kind of a free-for-all you know it depends on the tour sometimes we don't get anything but we're working our way up and then we'll.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, we'll I'll, I'll tell you. Like I help I helped Danny Wimmer put on some festivals out here in Kentucky, and all of our all of our artists always got some. You know, they got a they got a basket full if if they drank. Yeah, and there there definitely are a, a lot of sober artists, and and uh, their managers when they see me
5: nearby they shield me so they don't. Really <laughs> <want them to> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's always people that just never drank and they don't want to, or they've drank too much and they can't do it anymore. I mean, like, I usually don't drink before shows too much. Like, depends on, you know, if there's like, even if there's five people, there, are still like, I'm only gonna have like a glass of bourbon or a beer or something, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's not the case. But, <laughs> well, cause like, you know, I've, I've played shows and like people are like, hey man, you know, have a shot, have a fucking glass of whiskey, this and that. And you have like three glasses and then, or whatever it is. And there's always that thing in your back of your head where like, maybe I would have nailed that one drum fill if I didn't have three glasses of whiskey, but.
1: Is that the same, is that the same, uh, you know, for vocals, John, like do you, does, does whiskey throw off a, a song or does, does it help?
4: I will say, uh, that there are a lot of things that I do that, I wouldn't recommend to anybody who's really interested in taking good, pristine care of their voice. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I warm up. The big things I try to do is like stay hydrated at the end of every night, best I can, uh, stay hydrated throughout the day, warm up thoroughly, or I never really end up warming down. But uh, but yeah, a lot of times I'll, I'll be sipping whiskey before. I, I usually won't have beer beforehand because then uh, we, we're also, we play a very energetic live show, so there's a lot of jumping around the carbonation is just not great for that. So usually I'll be sipping whiskey uh, before each set. And um, I don't know. I mean, I like whiskey in general, but it's also just, I don't have uh, it's, it's difficult to sing of course, but, uh, but I feel like, a, you know, well, give you an example. When I was touring as a drummer in a different band, I never drank before a set, but as a singer, I, you know, I get a little loose up, you know what I mean? It kind of, me in the mood because the most important thing for me to do aside from obviously hitting the notes is to you know mentally be in it as much as possible and kind of like turn off all the chatter of the day's you know frustrations or whatever and anything and just totally dive into it and a lot of times just you know having a you know a couple glasses of whiskey beforehand you know help me slide right into it so yeah a, a lot of times I'll you know it'll be just you know simple stuff like jack or evan williams depending upon the venue you know what i mean if it's sure. you know whatever is available but yeah
1: all right then does whiskey help uh strum a little bit
2: so i i would say there's like a definitely a uh, a fine line but maybe a shot or two will get you like right right where you need to be mm-hmm. but i remember i'll give you a good story we were uh i think we we're in san antonio And we decided to watch, like, a Pantera live DVD in the van. And that DVD is just them, you know, just hammered, crushing it every night and just destroying every hotel room slash venue that they can. So we just thought it would be a great idea to just drink all day and then just go hit it hard. And I remember, like, (laughs) 45 minutes before the set, I'm like, slamming coffee in the van because like my you know i'm wasted at this point my fingers are kind of numb so never again after that but usually a shot or two or like a nice little drink beforehand will loosen you up pretty nice and uh it'll it'll get you right where you need to be
1: right on well let's now go to the old tub this is one that uh it's it's relatively new It's came out it came out in the last year Uh, I I sent this to you all because it's one that hasn't gotten a lot of accolades. I I like it, but it hasn't done, you know, it's done done well amongst the people like me who are critics, but when something is only 23 bucks, folks tend to like snub their nose sometimes, and you know, if you see this out there in the market, you know, this is going to be available, and I, I think it's quite tasty, so give this a little taste.
2: Which one is this one? I mean I didn't hear you
1: Old Tub.
0: Old Tub. Okay.
1: And this is a bourbon. Do
5: you know who uh Jim Bean? Jim Jim Bean. Yeah, Jim Bean. Yeah. I've never yeah, I've never seen it. Maybe I've seen it, I just don't know what it looks like, but I'm excited.
2: Oh, that's tasty. A good deal is never a bad thing, especially when you're on tour and uh, trying not to spend all your money on drinks, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so how
1: how have you all handled COVID? I mean, because this is one of those things you're in a little bit of an advantage because you all are in New York and you can get together. Um, so at least that part isn't taken away where, you know, you can't really play with your with your bandmates. But what have you all been doing to occupy your time? I mean thankfully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh
1: for those just listening, John just raised a glass like many of us. Listen, I drank way too much in 2020. I'm a professional. Yeah. And I would tell
5: you <laughs> I drank too much. Like, it's I- your job. If you have a past that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so what have but, you yeah, all been doing? Luckily for me, um, well, I had to, sh- well, unlucky for me, I had to shut my studio down for three months, uh, March, April, May, and then we kicked back off in June. But I still had a lot of projects that I was doing mixing work for um, in a setup kind of like this, but I've moved from there. This is my apartment right now. I have my acoustic pads and monitors and my computer and shit. So I was, I was able to mix from home and just get the work done that I had to get done. And then luckily just through email and Skype, Um, I was able to just continue working and get some new projects. So it wasn't that bad. I mean, I remember probably me and everybody else, as soon as it happened in March, we were like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to open the studio up in April, like April 15th. Everything's going back to normal. It'll be all good. And then April 1st came around and like the beginning of April and it's like, no fucking way is this happening. So that's when we kind of started to restructure things and just try to figure out how we're going to continue, you know, to do this with people. So, you know, I have, you know, constant video chatting and streaming, streaming the audio that I was doing mixing wise and just working over the phone and email Um, actually worked out. It wasn't that bad. And then after, you know, we started back up in the summer, June, July, everybody was at home, either still working Mm -hmm. and, had more time, or if they were out of work, they were on unemployment and they just had more time to write music. So as soon as things kind of came back out of that, you know, three, four month hole, it was like every client that I've ever had, every musician was just coming up with really cool music and they wanted to record it immediately. (laughs) So it kind of ended up working out, you know, working out for us, got a lot of good projects in just from people you know, woodshedding over
1: COVID. So now Ray, Ray, I'm curious because you are, you're, you're, you know, everyone here is, you know, duly talented. You have a lot of different things you can do, but you know, it, it, it sounds like, you know, your, your studio work almost is what pays the bills. And, you know, the, and, and Moontooth is a bit of a, is a bit of the dream.
5: Yeah. Uh, I mean, (laughs) am I
1: right? Am I right with that?
5: I mean, at this point, it depends on what we're doing because, I mean, Moontooth has always, like being in a band has always been my dream. That's always been what I wanted to do. And then when shit like this happens, you know, you know, we were going out on tour and, you know, we were making money for the four of us and things were really popping off and then all of a sudden this shit happened. So like, there's always been this kind of yin and yang between studio and band and i always felt like one couldn't exist without the other you know just because that's what i wanted to do from when i was a kid so i mean i've always wanted to play on stage i've always wanted to record bands so it's like all right i have a band i can record it let's just make it all happen at the same time but all right yeah, here, I mean, we,
1: here we go i'm gonna play i'm gonna play you're on a desert island and you have to choose Moon moontooth or studio, or studio recording
5: I was thinking about being a model actually (laughs) I was thinking about just fuck all this shit I mean (laughs) (laughs) I know you got
1: you got the look you got the look you can pull it off
5: that's not true at all but thank you (laughs) (laughs) no I mean like I want to be on fucking stage I want to be playing with people like I want to that's that was my original passion and the whole goal to just getting into recording my first thought was like i want to record my own shit and definitely definitely
1: you all definitely save money with 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 ray's talent unless unless (laughs) ray are you charging the band for are you charging the band for production costs here Um, not yet (laughs) 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 we'll see
5: what happens if we get a million dollar budget then maybe see what happens Nah, but yeah,
4: but yeah, that's always the way. He's owed. He's owed definitely. The amount of hours this man has put in. When like you know, when we go like okay, spent the day singing and yeah, I'm tired, but I'm gonna go home. Ray still gotta you know finish mixing and working. So yeah, this man deserves some money.
1: By God, well you know <laughs> look, I'm I'm hopeful it comes to you all. I mean, again, it breaks my heart that you all aren't out touring because the moment I saw you all perform in that virtual experience and and just and after listening to you all, I mean. You, you have it, you know, you have it and everyone always talks about yeah. it and you have it. And and I know, I know, John, this has got to be frustrating for you because you can I can see that, you know, when you have the mic in your hand, like you're like like now you're kind of like chill and you're like in your like in your chair, this uh, this like suede back chair, your records are, are to your left. You know, you're just like real chill with the whiskey in your hand. But when you're on stage, you know you own it and you're like a a little bit, you know, half animal, you know, half artist up there. So I got to imagine the, the, when the full moon comes out, you know, you're missing that stage a little bit. Oh yeah. I, you know, it's,
4: um first of all, thank you very much. Cheers. I appreciate you saying that. There's definitely when it comes to performing live, you know pursuing this has been the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life yeah you know, I think I can speak for my bandmates when I say that and uh, but the the feeling that I get when I'm up there, aside from just writing songs because that's a truly meditative state and I need to do that but also performing I don't know can you if you can think not just you but anybody, if you can think of a time where you felt absolutely free from fear you felt, Like you could do anything, you know, there wasn't any thought of just like, well, is this person looking at me? Like, should I not be doing this or should the the word should doesn't even exist. That's kind of at, at my best when I'm performing, that's what I feel. And that's when any performer is going to give their best, uh, performance, you know, when, when they're totally free of thought and fear or anything like that and raw energy and emotion and the, There's I can't think of any better, like natural life medicine that I've gotten from that there are things I've done when I performed, you know, in in hindsight, I've thought like, I can't believe I did that, you know, like whether it's like climbing up a balcony or jumping off a balcony or just run just doing crazy shit, you know, and it's it's almost like a different part of you you know, comes alive, and you mentioned the full moon, it really, there's a lot of, like, werewolf play at work in our band, where, like, the something primal underneath that kind of sits caged up all day, you know, when you're, when you're on your day-to-day, and you're getting frustrated with driving, or, you know, people at your job, or anything like that, the part of you that just wants to go, Ah, I'm going to be totally fucking honest and tell you exactly what I think. And I'm going to do exactly what the fuck I need to do right now to feel alive performing live at, at our best. That's what we kind of feel. So yeah, it's been, it's been difficult um, to, to be away from that for a year, but I will uh, uh, shifting a little bit. I will say that one thing I've kept in my head this whole year is that, and this also speaks to to what Vin was talking about with our very like blue collar attitude our you know, our workhorse kind of attitude, which is like every time something happens, a step back or anything, I always think, you know what, as frustrated or as upsetting or as much of a letdown as it might be, I think, you know what, this is, this is good. It should be this hard because it's going to make you tougher. It's going to make you better. And if you want it bad enough, you'll fight through this. This is not a setback. This is an opportunity and, so I've, I've tried to remember that through this, which of course it's still been difficult and I've still been going crazy, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's, it is, it's almost, part of me is almost just like, Oh, you know, it, we've been doing this for eight years and we have doors slammed in our face for eight years. This is just another door and we're going to fucking headbutt it through just like all the other ones. So yeah.
1: yeah. And, and look, you know, as a, as a fan, because I, I am a, Whiskey critic, I'm not a music critic. Like I have people on my shows, on my show, I'm a fan of. Like I don't, I don't bring people on. I don't like their music. If I, if I don't like their music, they're not coming on. You know they do that kind of thing. So like, you know, I've, I've had, I've had people reach out, like, man, why do you act like a fanboy? Because I am a fanboy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of music. I love music, and so what I want, I want, I want to see, I, I want to see you all. Uh, Honestly, I, I want to see you all at like headlining, and and you know because I I have that kind of belief in in, in you all, and you know, Vin, you you've been you've been pushing at it, and and again, you know, we we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit on on, on COVID, but um, you've got you you, you you know, John keeps bringing up your comment earlier about work ethic, but you know, how have you have how have you been able to keep saying with the bass and and, and all of this?
2: I mean, during COVID and everything, like, I feel like the best thing, the only therapy that I have or the only, like, form of, you know, freedom, spiritual freedom is when I'm sitting down in this very spot with a bass on my lap, listening to the demos that we're working on and trying to, like, come up with some cool stuff to add to it and, I mean as far as covid goes like it sucked I I wound up getting it before christmas but thankfully oh. it was pretty mild yeah it was it was okay um but to be honest like the only thing that really kept me sane during all of this is like I'm very fortunate to have a great uh, a great group of dudes that are my band but also my brothers and you know a good a good lady and stuff like that but honestly bass guitar is where most of my focus was throughout this past year um writing for this new record that you know we're in the process of recording and stuff but Mm -hmm. um to be honest like i'm there's the fire inside and it's just stirring and i i really can't wait to just get back in the van and and just burn down buildings on stage and just tear it up because you know we're all like we're all docile dudes chilling right now drinking whiskey but like once we're on stage and like the amps are turned on and, and people want to hear what we're, what we're about, like, you know, the inner caveman comes out and unfortunately our inner cavemen have been in this cage for this last year and a half. So, you know, I, that fire is there and I can't wait to open the door and unleash it on people. So that's all I keep thinking about is like, when's that show going to happen? You know, cause I'm, I'm ready to go right now. Yeah. It's oh, definitely God.
5: fucking frustrating.
1: Well, I, I, I can't wait <sighs> for that moment. And, uh, you know that the conversation of frustration whiskey. is actually an interesting segue to our next whiskey, and it's uh the Old Forester bottled and bond, uh, eighteen ninety seven. The Old Forester eighteen ninety seven. So this is a cat. This is this a bottled and bond. This uh this label says Old Forester eighteen ninety seven. The bottled and bond act was uh, passed in. Uh, John, it's just you and me now. I think uh, I think we
2: lost. Uh, yeah, we finally. Lost My whiskey's on the floor. Oh, hey. on. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> sorry, I, had to, I have to use the bathroom real quick. All this whiskey's getting to me.
1: Oh, that's all right. sorry. Do you want us? You may press pause. If you could, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll press pause. I'm sorry if I'm fucking you up right now. That's all right. Hey, Jason, edit edit this portion. Uh, I'm not going to actually press pause, but um. 1897, right? Yeah, yeah, 1897.
4: Uh, That's a good time. I wanted to ask you, uh, it was a little off topic. But, um, we played, I'm pretty sure it was in Kentucky, but we played the Thompson House. Is that in Kentucky? Uh, that was. Uh,
5: is that Lexington? Oh, that was um, right outside of Cincinnati. That was Newport, Kentucky.
1: Yeah, Newport. Oh, yeah, the old fucking house. Newport. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have, yeah you ever, have you ever been there yeah. before? that place is haunted like it's like like it's yeah. Ha- yeah it's haunted <laughs> like little uh like little kids died there or something yeah that's Dude, yeah, they,
4: we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into when we got there and we saw this beautiful house and then as we were there we started like you know different people who were there would tell us the history of the place which was um, amazing like i mean so bloody but you know, it's an unfortunate, but at the same time, just amazing to be in in a place like that. And we had, we had the kind of our free range to walk around the house, which we did a lot. It was really fucking cool.
1: Yeah. I, I, I had, uh, I was actually going to do an event there, uh, with a, with a bluegrass band called steel wheels. And, uh, it, I don't know what happened, but it didn't, it didn't work out, but, yeah, that place is like you you go there and like your neck hairs stand up and you're like, Oh Fox. A lot of people died here or something. So
4: You know what's funny about that? We played the show and it was it was a good show and it was a great day just to experience the venue and the history. But uh I don't know what it was, but when when we were loading out, we just sat down on the lawn because there was a fantastic fireworks display, like professional, like some event was going on and it was like a ten-minute-long fireworks display. We all just kind of sat on. One. It was a really magical day. Oh wow!
2: Was, what was was What's,
1: like that? That? What's up? Where was that? Was that Cincinnati? No, where? Were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Northern the... Cincinnati or Northern right. Kentucky?
5: Yeah.
1: Wait, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area.
5: Yeah, that um, was by cool. Newport, Newport. Yeah, Newport, mm-hmm. Kentucky. The only reason yeah. why I remember that is because I went to a brewery there. And they had like newport plastered all over the cans.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and get back into
2: it. Uh, yeah, my bad. I, I was trying to let you do hey, your listen,
1: thing. Listen, listen, you. listen, I listen, I get it, man. I I've got a s I have got ai have a bladder and a liver of the gods, but you know, <laughs> I understand not everybody can keep up. That's all good.
4: I'm kinda of uh, shocked I have a PDF.
1: <laughs> well, actually I wear diapers, so here we go. <laughs> Perfect. perfect so Jason cut there uh, so like I was saying like uh, old Forster uh, 1897 you guys kind of talked a little bit about frustrations and and everything and well how you can't wait to get back on the stage yeah. I want to set a stage for you in the 1800s and the distillers were very angry with this, the the state of uh, whiskey what is ha- what happened was they would actually the, the the business model was different to today than today they sold barrels of whiskey to wholesalers and the wholesalers would bottle it or like change the whiskey and some of them would add things like prune juice tobacco spit rattlesnake heads all these really crazy wacky things to make the to make the volume larger and to change the flavor profile to what they wanted and the distillers were like, you're killing our whiskey. You're putting something out into the public that we don't want. Meanwhile, this was also a time when uh, doctors were prescribing whiskey for medicinal purposes. And, you know, Ray, I know you drink a little whiskey for medicinal purposes. And the fact is, you're, you're, it's good for you if you don't drink too much of it. But back then, you know, that was the only cure that they had for stuff like uh, the flu, uh, consumption. It was the only thing that they could give you for a lot of the major diseases. And, and everybody was like, the whiskey that's in the market, we can't prescribe good whiskey. Our patients continue to get sick because they don't have good whiskey. And so the doctors, the pharmacists, and the distillers lobbied Congress to have a type of whiskey that the distillers could bottle themselves and sell to the public. And that was bottled and bonded, And that meant it had to be at least four years old, 100 proof, distilled at one distillery and one distilling season. And it basically was a guarantee to the American consumer that nobody fucked with their whiskey when they bought it. So what we're drinking today, uh, this Old Forester 1897, is an ode to those distillers, doctors, and druggists who uh courageously fought for your right to drink good whiskey. <laughs> oh Cheers.
0: It's beautiful.
2: Cheers. Cheers. It's dark. Fred, you need to make a shirt that says don't fuck with my whiskey, because I would wear that all day every day.
1: Oh, it's 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 gonna happen.
2: <laughs> I'm down. Ooh. This is delicious. delicious. It
1: is good. Now, this comes from Brown Foreman. This is the uh, Old Forester. Is the uh, longest? Uh, it, it's the only brand that's been in the with the same distillery since its origins. And it, it was uh, created in 1870, and uh, it's still with the same company. It's crazy.
2: Wow.
1: I mean, just think that's about just think about just think about bands that've been around for a long time. How many? Guitarists have been replaced, or drummers. And, you know, actually, no. The drummers are usually the people who own the band, so um, <laughs> that's not the case <laughs> uh, usually. But uh, so, wh- why is that, Ray? Why is it like the the drummers are always the kind of like, uh, and the percussionists are the ones who like really are are the heartbeat of the bands and manage the business of it. Why is that? Do you all go to like drummer school, and they're like, all right, so what you do here? Is uh, you know you make sure that the the singer knows this and the guitarist knows that. I mean, how is that?
5: I mean, I don't do that, but also, basically from the start, I just have the most shit. Like when you have a drum kit, you have to figure out a place to fucking put it. So I was also like, you know, when I was a kid, I was at my parents' house, so everybody comes to the drummer's house to have practice. But now that is the studio. So I just have like, it's, I have the most shit, I guess. Cause you have to take a whole drum kit. You have to put it somewhere and have your neighbors not give a shit about it, which is a blessing if you can figure that out. But for me it's, it ended up being the studio. So it's just like, I feel like that's, that's the main point. You just have a lot of shit. And you got to put it somewhere, so everybody else goes where that shit is. <laughs> and, then, and you're the loudest too. I think I think there's something yeah. said about you can't
4: half-ass it. It's, you know, I could sing quietly. You know, the guitar players can like play acoustically or just unplugged or something. But like, you know, you can you can tap on a drum pad, but the yeah, <laughs> even a le- even an electric
5: drum kit could be pretty loud and annoying if you're like smacking on rubber like as hard as you can. <laughs> I could probably still piss a couple people off, but a full drum kit is like you got to have a space, you got to have something that is not going to piss off your neighbors. So I feel like that's why it always cra- gravitates towards wherever that dude is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, inter- it's an interesting point, John. Do you miss playing the drums?
4: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I do play drums. I I write songs I I like dabble with guitar and piano enough to write songs um and I, you know I write drums to them actually I've been talking to Ray about these producer I would go to if I wasn't in Moontooth uh, about recording some demos and stuff but um there uh when I started playing in Moontooth there was an overlap while I was still in that band Rice Cultivation Society and then eventually I was just in Moontooth. And then during that first, you know, few months of only being a singer, I had a really vivid dream one time that uh there was like a giant like a school of like thousands of people and they were being uh terrorized by this like monster that was running around and destroying things and everybody was hiding. It was like some kind of like thriller action Hold on, horror. did you
1: get therapy for this dream or, you know,
4: uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it looked a lot like this, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in the dream, everybody thought it was me, and uh, when I saw what it was, it was this giant, little, skinless, red, muscly monster. And it like it it was me, um, and it was the little monster. And it all of a sudden it was as as I was in cuffs with the cops were taking me in. And they said you did all this, and I was like, no, it was that thing, which was also me, this little monster, and. Everyone turned and this little monster said, it's been so long since I've gotten a bash. And then it hit a cop car and just started destroying cars and bashing them. And I think I equated that to like when, when people go vegetarian and have dreams about chasing deer and, uh, you know, cause you're, you're not eating meat as much. So yeah, I definitely, there's a huge part of, there's a giant little, uh, there's a little bash monster that lives in me that is not satisfied Uh because it's just a different, I mean, every any instrument, it's just a, a different itch you're scratching in yourself to, like, express yourself. And one of the reasons I started as a drummer, one of the reasons why I love playing the drums, is, it's just so physical and just, you know, you just get to be a gorilla and just beat the shit out of the drum kit. Yes! Know? Don't you play, you know? That's a big which, part maybe, of it. Fucking great. Yeah, which I'm sure, like, that kind of psyche turn. I'd probably be a different singer in Moontooth or maybe I wouldn't work as a singer in Moontooth if I wasn't uh, a drummer for so many years. So well,
1: that'd be that would be a fucking shame, you know, for you not to yeah. be a singer on Mood Tooth. Yeah. That would yeah. be a shame. But you know, I I will say that like uh you, you have uh, you 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 know, like Dave Grohl was a drummer, you know, is a drummer, you know, so there there's a lot of um uh, there there is a lot there are a lot of people uh, who start out as drummers and become something else, and you know both of my children, young, uh, two and, and seven, are very musically inclined. They're into music. You know, my two year old's already playing on the piano and play, doing stuff, and my seven year old's doing drums. And and you know my 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 friends in the music business say like you got to start them on drums. Everything starts at drums. Yes, hundred yes. percent. So, it does. Uh, and I, but here's the thing, Vin. I'm a bass fan. I love bass, and so I'm like, what about bass? Why is bass always so neglected in this in the conversation of like, learn how to play this? Did you did you, did you start at bass or did you did you get re uh, somewhere yeah. else
2: and then you came to it? To be honest, I used to be like into sports and martial arts and stuff. And when I was 16, I had uh surgery on my back, and they put a bunch of hardware in there, and you know that was it with football and and martial arts and everything so i was like gonna get guitar and a buddy of mine was like don't get a guitar i know a million guitar players play bass so i got one and i wound up just falling in love with it but to be honest with you when you have mitts like these you could only play play but bass guitar because the guitar frets are too small but as for your kids i wish i started on drums because then if you're like a sick if you're sick at all rhythms and timing and everything Playing any instrument is going to be that easier. So, no, wow. yeah. But if you're a bass player at heart, you got to get a four string. Let's go. You can get one for cheap. Bring it up with you next, <laughs> whiskey, hang out. And, you know, we'll riff a little bit.
1: Well, we do have I, a I we see. do have a Mickey guitar at the house where you know he's you know All
2: right. Just play the the lowest four strings and you'll be all right. It's kind of like a bass. <laughs>
4: You you know what I just realized that I never have before. Sorry, I'm getting a little chatty now. I'm talking about dream stories mm-hmm. and tangents. The whiskey's working. Hey, listen, um, this
1: is this is actually a therapy show, John. So I'm, I'm oh, we're, we're here. We're, we're going to get it all out. And then That's you know pretty.
4: Um I, I as Vin was talking, uh one one of the stories I love is uh um apparently uh, Jimi Hendrix got drafted in the military and uh on a on a training mission uh jumping out of a plane with a parachute broke his ankle and i think that's why he didn't go to nam which like changed the course of history so when Vin, you're talking about your back injury there that just popped up in my head i never thought about that before like if you didn't have that back injury you know you might be a linebacker and we might not be
5: a band right now <laughs> you know yeah we don't I'm we much, don't I'm want much, to i'd be doing no, this <laughs> <laughs> don't do anything else just yeah, actually
1: you know, John, it's the same with me.' Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an Iraq veteran and oh, uh, I got oh. in, I got into to bourbon when I basically, not not that way, but like when I was in therapy and like recovering from the war, I got uh, I was learning a technique called mindfulness and I, I applied it toward food. And at the same time, I was writing about bourbon, and I applied the mindfulness technique to, um, to bourbon. Like closing my eyes and thinking about what I was tasting, and where it was hitting on my palate, things like that. And that's how I trained my palate, you know. To and but I've never been, I've never been satisfied. Kind of like you all a little bit, like when playing music, I've never mm-hmm. been satisfied with just playing whiskey. I to me, whiskey is about a conversation. It's about Getting friends together and talking, and and you know I started this uh, this show because I wanted to I wanted to start having conversations with people outside of uh, of the distillery world and whiskey world, and you know introduce people to good whiskey, and like um, it's been one of the you know I think I've thought about this recently too, John is like if if, if I didn't have that experience and then the recovery experience uh, um, I would have never found this per- this profession that has become a passion, you know And it, 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 everything happens for a reason, they say, but you just have to you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to signs and signals of life. And sometimes you have to go into the uncomfortable. you have to go, you have to be uncomfortable uh, to get to places sometimes.
4: Wow, yeah, that's really- um, for, that's first crazy. off of about just let's all raise a glass. Cheers, Fred. Thank you for your service, man. That's, that's man, really great. I, cool. I
1: appreciate that. And oh. I, I, I will take that a step further. This is to my brothers and sisters who are no longer with us.
2: No, here's to them. Cheers. 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 Touching, touching upon, uh, your point of being uncomfortable. And I think, you know, the, the biggest growth anyone could have is, is going through failure or going through something traumatic. Like if you could take that and, and, uh, you know, use it for personal growth and, and, you know, use it as fuel, your, tack, your tack on fuel, so to speak. I think that is, you know, you could take that pain and turn it into your biggest power and your biggest asset. And, uh, it's, it's fantastic that you did that. And, you know, cause you have such a cool thing going for you and, I could speak for myself that this band is like... I don't know who I would be without this band because it's such a, a big part of my life and it came from a shitty situation and, you know, it, uh, when one door closes, the other one opens and you just have to have the balls to, to, to open it up and, and see it through, you know? And beautiful things will come from there.
1: You know, I, I have to say too, mm-hmm. like, like, your music... Your music is like... um it's healing in some ways like it is and, and people look at hard rock as like you know and this was a great conversation i had with scotty and of anthrax it's about how like uh, you know they were the devil in the 80s and 90s but like i look at like i look at hard rock and heavy metal as as healing i look at it as like a bit like you know classical music was and you know when you know you know some time ago and i and i feel like you know i i 'all your your music your your music you know it was I wasn't in a bad spot or anything but it brought me up in in the time of covid and I and I know I don't think he meant to any of it to be uplifting like it's not it's not an uplifting song like a Taylor Swift song where the clouds part and the sun appears <laughs> and, and every suddenly everyone's like smiling and the Truman shows on or nothing like that but it was a it was like a moment of just like internal joy when i listen to your music and i mean that from the from from the bottom of my heart like i love your music and i listen to it all the time and um
4: thank you fred that that really means a lot like yeah that's that you know we like as i was saying before we do this because we have to you know we have to get this out and do it but the only other we re- you know we could do it and just do it on the weekends and we can make albums and never release them just because we want to write songs but the reason we share it is to hopefully put something out there if anybody needs a kindred spirit or needs some kind of uplifting thing that's the goal is to really connect with people i think i can speak for again for my bandmates when i say that like music saved my life you know going to shows like i never felt so great as when i saw a really great show and i walked out of there like. I need to do something great with my life, and I need—I feel good—good good right now, and I want artists, this positive energy, and and uh, so I, I really appreciate you saying that. That's really what our goal is in, in putting uh, music out there. The, and you the can
1: fact—you can fact check that with your boy Jonathan King, and Clay <laughs> Clay Bush as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the truth. Call them up. Call yeah, call call them up and say like, well, they, they don't have the technology to do this. Like, you know, to to do this something <laughs> like this, like uh, uh, he's the man. He is. You know what? We'll 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 pause this. Look at let me, let me see if I can find my phone. We'll, we'll call him. We'll call him. Right oh now. yeah, you know, <laughs> he'll probably
2: answer for you. Before he answers. <laughs> we can know. just four way drunk dial
1: him. He doesn't answer your phone calls. No, no, I don't mean that at all. He's we no, don't he's really follow way.
4: the phone, but he's he's very responsive with tech. He always yeah, picks
1: up. Now, right, here we go. we We're just good four way Can you hear that? Yep. Can you hear the phone ringing? Hello? Oh, hey Jonathan. It's it's Fred. I'm on with Moontooth. What's up, man? Oh, no. <laughs> how's it, how's everything going? Hey, I, I just I, I need a fact check situation here. Can you confirm with the boys uh, that I have been raving about them for a while and been trying to get them on the show for a while? That's hundred percent true. <laughs> Fred,
4: has, uh, let, Fred has let me know that you are his favorite band to write to at the moment.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't actually tell them that. Yeah, I oh. didn't. I didn't tell them yeah, yeah.
5: that. So that that is some further proof that you have spoken those words to me.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Well, hey man, I know you I know you're busy probably clubhousing or something right now, but uh <laughs> I, I I I just you know, we're having it we're having a great time and we've we've shared some uh we bonded here in a little in a little bit and uh you know, you know, we we miss we obviously miss Nick, but they they were talking some good shit on him earlier and uh he'll get to see it later. But uh uh i just wanted to i wanted to give you a call and uh you know you know have you verify something for me for sure i mean
4: i'm glad you guys
1: are finally talking because i knew you guys could get along so well right yeah. on man. Woo! love you jonathan you, uh, enjoy the rest <laughs> of your chat i uh, will talk to you guys later all right man we'll see you brother bye, right. bye. He, he probably yeah. knew that was gonna come tonight <laughs> uh yeah oh, so so i'm i'm in a bit of a right so i've written seven books and I'm in a bit of a, um, I'm I'm in a bit of an issue right now where I, I'm doing all these other things and I'm not focused on writing, but like it's in my soul, like kind of like you say, John, it's, like, it's in my soul to like write and to write a book and to do this stuff, and it's like I'm not, I'm not feeling it, you know, you know, and it's just like, and I listen to you all, and I can write, and so. Uh, there's only one other band that's been able to do that to me and that's radiohead and so like i it's completely different sounds by the way but yeah. like you know if you love music you love music and like i can't write unless i'm like uh listening to you all or or radiohead it's fucking weird so, that's, um,
5: I, that's a really good uh <laughs> that's a really good barn I, I want to say – I'll try to say two things really
4: quickly, um, maybe three things. First of all, I want to say that, like, speaking of your writing, I was blown away that not only did you send us the whiskey, but you sent us your book. And I I, I really – I thought that was the, the most wonderful thing, and you sent that lovely card. And, you know, I was I, – you know, Jonathan told us, you know, you were going to send us some whiskey. When I got that, I was so uh, blown away, and uh, I, I think – I really appreciate that, man. That's really amazing like reading through this and um and using it and learning from it as well
1: by god Um, that's what it's all about uh
4: two two other things i want to say is uh i greatly appreciate uh you mentioning radiohead because i i will say for myself um they're an example of a band that i aspire to because they strike me as a band that they do they follow their instincts their hearts their soul they do what they want and and they're successful they've been successful for for so long now and they've made so many great albums and I still love the stuff that Radiohead puts out yeah I think definitely me too that's really what I would aspire to be to is an artist that doesn't compromise themselves five years 10 years 20 years 30 years on and just keeps putting out the music that they need to put out um so that I love Radiohead the last thing I wanted to say is um in regards to you talking about being able to write to us. I think that's a very important thing. Aside from putting out music and hoping that it helps people heal or grow however they need to, I think any kind of anytime a person puts out a passion into the world, what you were talking about um, when you started to go into whiskey and bourbon and, and and how you felt that kind of passion and truth. Anytime <laughs> somebody feels something like that and shares it with the world, I feel like they're they're kind of like fire starters, you know. Not in a negative way, in a positive way, they're light bringers almost, you know, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they bring some light and they shine light in different places. And then that helps somebody else light their own light. And it's almost this chain that, uh, you know, and it, and it's not, it's not just like, it's like, Oh, music to music to music. It's, you know, truth and passion is uh, is an interchangeable uh, law of nature, I think. And, um, and I think it's in, important to have people like you and what you're doing and, and, you know, what we're trying to do, and you know, and put that kind of light out into the world, and hopefully encourage people to make a light of their own and share whatever it is, whether it's music, you know, being a connoisseur, or you know, architecture, or being an accountant, or anything. You know what I mean? So you know,
1: oh, my God, minus minus illicit activity such as uh, drug dealing or defrauding people of investments and yes, in that sort of thing. No, morality and <laughs> ethics,
4: <know>. of course, into play. <laughs>
1: You know, there's a, there's a whole slew of like uh, crimes on the books that you can pull off. I mean, there's a lot of laws in the world so but you know the obvious stuff. But there's a lot of bad shit as we go to the 1920 and oh shit. And so uh, and the reason why I bring up the crime and the, all that kind of stuff is like in 1920, it was illegal for us to drink alcohol it was illegal Ooh, so 100 yeah. years ago today oh my you, god we could not drink alcohol there was a prohibition upon the united states of america
5: old forester 1920 is one of my fucking like top few bourbons the first time i had this it blew me away just because it was it was so available like yeah. I saw it around so often and like traveling around the country, I see all the bourbons that like, you know, are, you know, quote unavailable. So I pick them up and they're all, you know, they're all great. But this one, it was at my local liquor store on long Island. And like when I had it, it was amazing. Cause like, I got really, I got really attached to cast strength bourbon. And, like, I got Elijah Elijah Craig fucking barrel uh, barrel proof. proof. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And those guys can attest to that. I think I drank, like, five glasses of that or six glasses of that in uh, New Orleans. We stayed at this Airbnb. And uh, it was the first time we stayed at that place, not New Orleans. It was, like, somewhere in Louisiana, like Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was when I was drinking Elijah Craig um power poop and I was just oh, a couple of glasses and then I was I was a couple of sheets to the fucking breeze. This and uh yeah, it was great. But after that, like I was searching for that same thing because it, that uh Elijah Craig was so hard to find and uh old Forester nineteen twenty was it was in my local liquor store for a decent price. So that was like that was a big deal to me.
2: How much does a bottle of
5: this go for, would
2: you say?
1: Uh fifty to sixty bucks, depending on your market. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I think I paid like sixty bucks last
5: time I got it. It was yeah. Worth it. It's fucking great.
1: So before we kind of like break down, you know, some of these and, and like pick our favorite, uh I, I do like this was my best uh Every day or available bourbon of, of twenty twenty. I do love this one. Um, I I I got to know, and I and I Instagrammed at you all a while back in a story one of your songs, uh, about one of your songs having wine in it. And I was like, hey, how about we swap out the word wine for for bourbon? You know, when 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 can when can we start seeing some bourbon in the lyrics here? You know, we've got like. Bourbon never gets, no one ever sings about bourbon. It's always cognac or tequila or just whiskey uh, or wine or beer. But give <laughs> bourbon some love up in here.
2: I'm give sure it a they all the lyrics, you just don't say hear the word.
4: <laughs> Fred, Fred, I'll tell you what, and I'm 100% serious. If you, I could use the word bourbon, or if you pick a specific bourbon that you know you prefer. I don't know, this next album is, is written, we're recording it, but we're always we're lucky enough to or we're blessed enough to, enough to always have material kind of coming through. So we're always writing, but I will find a pl- an appropriate place to throw in either the word bourbon or a particular bourbon of your choice. And I will okay. put it into a Tooth lyric. Your personal shout out. Um, oh. It will forever Damn. be your contribution to the song. I that.
1: love this. I love this. All right, so I got a challenge. You don't, got a challenge. To, you don't have
4: to pick right now, but you can let me know whenever you will. And I promise you, I will. We have a lot of songs, and I'm sure I could find a place
1: uh, for it. I love it. Now, I, I here and here's the thing, too, is like you all are, you all have some so many a, a acoustic talents, too, in, in in addition to like you you know the normal moon tooth sound. You know, is this? Do I need to go down the acoustic route? Is it something that sounds better with a normal sound? You know, I've got some challenges here, Ray. I'm not a songwriter. I'm just a writer.
2: Yeah, Rock so like, and roll.
1: What, what do I have to do here? Like, for,
4: wait. <laughs> for, for... <laughs> In regards to your own writing, or for well,
1: no, well, like I'm thinking, like I, well, you, you, you gave me like a spot to put bourbon into the Moon Tooth song.
4: Oh,
2: well, I, that's I'm like, thing. I'm like
1: thinking you know, out. It's like, do I make it acoustic
2: or like, you know? Or- I think you got to go rock and roll because yeah, it's gonna, gonna be stuff. it's
5: gonna be full long.
2: rock.
1: John's yeah. like, you know, no, you don't have anything to do with the music, Fred. I, just give me the bourbon. <laughs> no, no,
4: no. <laughs> I, I don't know where it will go. You know what I mean? It, it's but that's as I was saying earlier. When, the, when I hear it in the, in the you know, whatever riff that Nick or, you know, or, or again, sometimes Ray writes in the future, if I hear it and the lightning strikes like, oh, this is it. This is the moment where, you know, the poetry of, of bourbon or a particular type of bourbon applies to, you know, something. I'll, I'll know that's the moment. So I have no idea what it could be. I will say that just generally everything with us is... You know, we experimented with the acoustic stuff, but for the most part, our our entire attitude
1: is just like, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, something uh, strong and over the
1: top. Vin's like, stay the fuck away from acoustic. More bass. (laughs) More
2: bass. (laughs) We do acoustic stuff. The Moontooth is a riff-based band. Oh, yeah, for sure. If Nick was here, he would say that. We're all about the riff.
1: I know. I wish wish Nick was here, but he...
2: He's probably teaching lessons or playing with his cat or something, but I'm sure the next oh, one. Play with, his cat. Play with his cat. But the next one, he'll definitely be here. He's for training me. the next Nick Lee right
4: now.
1: Well, yeah, you know, exactly. he—that's. He, I mean, he's got. Uh, he's got the liberty to do that, right? So you know, yeah. it's all
2: good. It's all good. Hey, Fred, are you a show guy? Like, do you watch shows on television and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched it, but. Some Something is telling me to tell you that you should check out the show Boardwalk Empire on oh, HBO. Oh, I've watched okay. it,
1: like, 15 times, yeah.
2: Okay, so, yeah, yeah, you know
1: <laughs> yeah. it's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great I, I, show. I I like and all that other stuff. Nucky Thompson was a I, – I didn't like – I mean, he, he was really, really good, but I like I kept wanting to punch him, like, man, you're making the – so the the scene where his Irish captain gets beheaded and the uh, uh, Italian yeah. – like that like i was i'm still mad to this day at my core <laughs> for that happening
2: honestly i am mad. i, I watched mad. it a few years ago and i've been telling my one of my best buddies my roommate i was like you got to watch boardwalk empire and we've been talking about it for like the last month i think tonight after all this whiskey uh, i think that's what we're going to be doing is we're going to start episode one all over again in honor of you and your show you know i'll tell you like <laughs> i
1: did that recently you will end mm-hmm. up drinking a lot to the show, like. So, yeah. I mean, you
4: hey, end up I like. I did that. Like, every, I couldn't watch an episode. I was like, "Oh, come on now! I gotta, you know." All right,
2: s- I can't. Actually. I can't finish. I'm so fucking drunk. <laughs> <fucking, you
1: know. laughs> <laughs> all right, so now we. I I did tell you all to bring five glasses. Uh, so now let us let us all go back, and taste what we've had. And individually, pick our favorite of the night. Are you down for this, Ray? I'm down.
5: Well, half of them are empty. And then so.
1: after that, the interview starts.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you want you want to refill? You want to fill every glass again?
1: Well, you don't have to. You don't have to fill it all the way. Just have a little taste, a little nip, so you can uh, find out uh, what uh, what you like.
2: I feel like oh, we, we can do this again. I got enough here.
5: We starting from number one? Yeah, from the top. From, from the brandy? The top,
1: from the apple brandy. Hold on. Hold on let, me that. let me clear out. To the rye, to the old tub. Brandy, rye, old tub. Right. 1897,
5: 1920.
2: All right, can I go in order from best best to least favorite? Uh, well,
1: sure. well I think we should like retaste uh, however you like just to confirm your findings because what I do is is I like to do the tasting and then have my guests choose their favorite. It's actually very rare that I get the entire band or at least most of the band. I usually just get one person from the band. So this is this is um this is good.
4: So just go – go. we should go for it now and just taste
1: each one? Yeah, taste each one, and then, you know, kind of when we're all done tasting, we'll convene and discuss. Well, mm. that brandy really is something, huh?
2: It's all good. Let's see. Yeah. This is like a much more – this is a more fun version of like Hot Ones. You ever watch that show on YouTube? I do. I love that show. This is way better though.
1: Yeah, people (laughs) often compare me to that one. But, you know, I am what I am.
2: I don't know, you know – Nick, uh, Nick will definitely be around for the next one because I'm sure he's gonna miss this because he's he loves his whiskey just as much I as we do. Real really
4: Nick, honestly. I know he like he was very sad to to have missed this. He, he even before. <clears <clears <throat> and...
1: Well, please convey how much I enjoy his uh his sound and and what I think of the band.
5: Yeah, well, we'll slap on the face with that. Yeah. This, you this brandy is, like, fucking insane. Like, I've had brandy, of, like, a bunch of times, but I don't know, man. Like, it's it just tastes like a 12-year-old scotch or something. It's very – it's super fruity. It's amazing. It's – I don't know. It just doesn't taste like something that I've ever had before. It's a huge mixture of a bunch of different whiskeys. It's amazing. I think I, got, I think I got to go
2: through them again just to have like another second or third opinion.
1: <laughs> yes, for America. For
5: America,
1: Ben. <laughs> exactly. What we, to- <laughs> what we do here today is for America.
5: Of course. <clears throat>
2: It's hard. I'm I'm struggling to pick my number one because there's two that I really enjoy. But I, you know, I think I
4: think enjoy. I already knew. I was on I was thinking about it this whole time and I my I got one more I got the last one to to, to retry, but my thought is matching
5: up with, it. Honestly, you know, yeah. you're with rye, right?
1: Yep, yeah, that's right. The Sonoma Rye. Yeah. And here's the thing, you all. What you taste today and what you like today will be different than what you taste and like tomorrow. Because just like you perform, because like, you know, there are some days Ray, you're on the stage and you can feel it. And there's, and then some days you're like, you're just like, you know, you're off, you know, it happens. We're human. Yeah. Maybe your shoulders out, you got like a, a weird muscle that's gone, you know, it's something. Uh,
5: I've I've had the same bottle of whiskey for, I don't know, two weeks at a time. Like I always like, have a nice bottle. I'll try to let it last as long as I can, and it always tastes different as long as the, like the bottle sits open for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. So but. it's
1: it's so a lot of it is us. It's like we change. We change. And so like yeah. what we taste tomorrow. By the way, very nice. Very nice. On the burp.
2: Whoever burped. Oh, right. I'm so yeah. Whoops. It was, it was a solid, it was a solid
1: burp. That's very <laughs>
2: A lot of whiskey in the stomach right now.
1: Uh, you know, to me this is uh a Tuesday, but it's not to, what day is this? Is it Thursday? Uh Saturday. Yeah. yeah Thursday. Right? It's it's COVID day, right? Like, Honestly, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah.
5: COVID. Hey,
2: Woo. COVID day. I all can't right. wait to Yeah, I can't so, wait to take this one and go shovel uh shovel the snow after this, you know. Oh fuck,
4: yeah. That forgot about that. Uh, it's okay.
2: it's, it's all right. <laughs> It's gonna be so,
4: worse, yeah.
1: before we do the big reveal of everybody's favorite taste tonight, the one question I'm sure people start with, but I I don't really follow other interviewers' styles. I kind of I have my own beat and my own drum. It it, it, it <laughs> is like I want to know how you came up with the name Moon <laughs> Great name.
5: Oh. I mean, him, uh, at that, at that was just like, Nick. yeah, yeah. That, that was, yeah, that was Nick. We, we had like a whole notebook of different band names that we we're sorting through for, I have no idea how long, weeks. And then we just, a moon, moon tooth popped into the, you know, two and two list and Nick, I feel like, yeah, Nick threw that in there. And it kind of we it stuck at some point. And then we all just like decided that all right, that was cool. Like I'm not sure if that was gonna be like the definite van name. And there was a bunch of other names that we came up with that were all probably shitty. <laughs> and then we all came back to Mootooth. and we had a feeling of it had two O's, Moontooth. So it would be really cool for design.
0: So that, was, yeah. yeah yeah so i yeah, two os like, on
5: each word yeah. Moon
2: moon seemed to be appropriate because we wanted to be both somewhat like spacey and atmospheric and also aggressive so you have the moon that's spacey and atmospheric and then the tooth that's aggressive i heard that there was cannabis involved on some occasion and that's how it was it came up but not true. Uh, i maybe not true. i don't know who knows but uh i feel i do they brought it. They brought it to band practice, and I thought it was the sickest name ever. And you know, I'm proud. I'm proud of our our band name and what it stands for.
1: And you know, there is the constellation in the sky that gets grabbed by the moon tooth. So, wow. Okay. I just I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna no. say. <laughs> I was like, I, that's that's sick. <laughs> No, I mean you. You have a lot. Of, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that you all can play with. With that, I mean, it, but it. I think it's a good sounding name, but you know, a, a band's name is only. It can only take you so far. You um, know, uh,
4: yeah. I, th- I think. A, I think a band really like. You have to make your name after you've named your band, uh, because when you think of. Uh, so a band that we all really love is Queens of the Stone Age. Uh mm. when I think of Queens of the Stone Age, I don't think of Queens. I don't think of the Stone Age, you know, and sometimes I forget that those words are
2: things. I just think of Queens of the Stone Age is only that band. So it's it's the same you know. thing with Slipknot. Like I don't think of a noose when I think of that. When you say Slipknot, yeah. I think of the band. Exactly. So. When you hear Moontooth, I hope you think about striking drinking whiskey with you and uh, hanging out as opposed to, like, <laughs> street terror things. I, well, I, I think,
1: you know, you know, Vin, I think the book is still out on what I think when when I uh, think of Moontooth. You know, for up until tonight, it was like, you know, me having, like, uh, my own personal thoughts while I'm writing because there, there was, you know, clarity brought to me when I listened to your music. Uh, you know, now I've got a I've got a whole nother range of shit I got to think about with uh, with this, and you know, I mean, it, whew, but it's been That's it's it,
0: been a
4: good
1: bro. night. It's been a good night.
4: We have yeah, to be ever evolving, kind of changing and challenging uh, thing for ourselves and for everyone. You know?
1: Which I look forward to the country album you're coming out with next. That's uh... me
4: too, man. Honestly, that's... <laughs> that's, John's, that's John's next record, I guess. Yeah, called, Nick whatever. too. Nick would love that. Nick loves like Leo Kaki and like. Chile I mean, God I can them. see you
1: all. I, I can I, I can actually see you all doing like a hard country sound like you hard know? yeah hard country like, like a hard country you know i mean Maybe when... we,
5: could, we could definitely do that <laughs>
1: there, there is no we'll there is that. no such thing as country music right now they're all over the place but like you just say it's country and the yeah. audience just flocks to it like it's the
2: yeah it's
5: yeah weird. it's all just pop country yeah it's, it's, it's you know, actually like you know, roots country there's, there's okay. stadium
4: country, which is, there's not faulting anyone for liking it. You know, if you dig it, that's great, you know. And then there's there's real country, which is great fucking music,
1: you know. Yeah, George Strait, man. You ever listen to Towns Van Zandt? Yeah,
4: yeah. I love Towns Van Zandt. Very proud of the fact that his birthday is March 7th and mine's March 8th. I'd like to believe I caught some of the magic that he had. So
2: maybe I'll all <laughs> If it's, it's on, let me it. the first few Zach Brown records, I'm down, because that shit was fire. I don't, know about, I don't know about the latest stuff, but that's Listen, first.
1: I, I watched... Uh, I, I was at a show where uh, Zach Brown did Beastie Boys. Uh, and it was off the charts, man. It was off yeah. the fucking charts. He was amazing. But... uh yeah, so there there's a there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of bands. Uh, and actually, it was Bourbon to Beyond the, the the festival I co-created. And oh wow! He did uh, he he did Beastie Boys. It was amazing. He was amazing. Awesome, but
2: very talented man. Sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. But gentlemen, it's it's been so great uh, to hang with you all tonight. And if I hadn't made it clear enough uh, that I'm a fan, I will do it one more time and just say that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed listening to you all and i know it's a very difficult time to be a band um especially you know when you're when you are right there on the cusp of of like going to that next level and i am so proud to have you all as the intro to my podcast now um and and i hope that it brings new listeners to you all and I just want to say cheers uh, to Moontooth, and uh, please send Nick my my best, even though he couldn't be with us today. But thank you all so much for, for coming on and sipping some whiskey and brandy with me tonight.
2: Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you, sir. Wait, we're doing our favorite whiskey, though, before we leave, right? Oh,
1: that's right. Well, listen. Oh, listen yeah, man. I won't let you go out without that. Well, listen, <laughs> Even even though even though I do this for a living, sometimes sometimes I forget. Okay,
2: so what's your favorite, Ben? What's your favorite? I'm just I'm trying to hook it up. Uh I'm gonna go with nineteen twenty Old Forester. Like it is oh! uh, okay. I'm gonna buy some probably tomorrow if the snow clears up. But a close second was the Apple Brandy. It was very good too.
1: Well, it's good. John, actually,
5: my uh, sorry. Hold
1: on, hold on, Ray, because you are the whiskey geek amongst us. (laughs) I I, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I don't want you influencing John because I feel like John's going to be a sway vote.
5: Yeah,
4: John. No, Ray's our closer because he knows the most. (laughs) uh, No, I uh, as I was going through, I was trying to keep in mind which one I liked the best, and the the choice that I made as we were going through. After a second retasting of everything, I stick to it. Um, It's the Old Forrester, the 1897. Mm. Wow! Wow. I I consider myself somebody that uh, does not have an acute palate uh, in regards to food or liquor or coffee or anything, really. I can appreciate really good shit. I can also consume garbage and, you know. But, um... First of all, everything was really great, uh, but the old Forester. W- what I like in, in a whiskey or a bourbon or any kind of like liquor I'm drinking is, uh, and it kind of speaks to a lot of things that we talked about tonight. Is like I wanna, I wanna hurt. I wanna feel. it. I wanna. What I mean, like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Hit hardest when I when I when I smelled it. It uh, I felt like the kind of fire kind of go down, and when I drank it, the same thing. I felt my, you know immediately felt it my whole face and like that's kind of what I look for when I really drink it I want to the strong shit I want to feel affected by it tasted absolutely well. I saved a little bit for the uh for the victory
1: speech which I will saying oh very nice all right Fred what's your favorite for today uh I, I'm going I so so I I will I will say that one of you have my favorite one of you have my favorite so can I can I, I'm gonna leave it there that it's either 1920 or it's 1897 and I want to hear what Ray has to say uh before I declare what my favorite was
5: yeah it was really weird because <clears throat> once you sent me this whiskey I saw everything you sent and I immediately thought that 1920 was going to be my favorite because that was my favorite cast strength bourbon for a very long time. But honestly, the apple brandy was amazing. I thought it was really, really fucking good. So I'm going to go with that, even if it's, it's like not that old and... It's not something that I'm familiar with, but that was so, my really good. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with that because it tasted like cherry scotch, tasted like a Macallan Twelve or something. But
1: then, John, where did you have the apple brandy? That was my number two.
5: That was high up there. I did like
4: that one a yeah. lot. I would say that's two or three for me.
1: So if we were doing if we, if we were where was um. Ray, where was 1897 and, and
5: 1920 for you? I mean, 1920 was definitely I mean, that was number 2 for me just because I'm very familiar with it and it tastes great. 1897 was probably maybe 4. Mm-hmm. And um Old Tub was a really crazy surprise because I've never heard I've never heard of that and it just tasted like the Jim Beam, like peanut, like uh, the taste that you get from Jim Beam, like uh, bakers or something like that. So that was a huge surprise, I guess. So maybe four. Well, and then uh,
1: so 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 I, I asked these things just just to have an idea of like if if this was a legit competition where we would where we would you know space this out like how it would how it would work, but um, the winner tonight is going to be Old Forester. Old Forester, one of the two. 1897 was tasting better to me tonight. Uh, the 1920 was very good, but it was a third. The Apple Brandy was right there, number two for me. It was number two. And but I, I think this uh I, I think the 1897 was on point for me tonight.
2: Who was your la- Who was your last pick? Because I have the uh, the Sonoma as my as my number four. three. It stood uh, out the most, the Sonoma. Uh, you
1: think, know, I so I I love that you want to know what my last place is.
2: Was, you know. <laughs> I would love if you gave me a one through five because like I'm interested. That's <laughs>
1: Okay, I mean this is what I do for a living, but give me give me a minute and let me re I'm gonna I'm gonna take a go to the bathroom. You know <laughs> what? Not a bad idea, John. I gotta go too. All right, we're all
2: going to bathroom. Bathroom break. Team break.
1: Right. Actually, yeah, yeah.
5: All right, here all we go. We're all there. I think it
0: The Fred Minnick Show will return in just a moment.
2: Let it be known that I'm the fastest pure alive. Just so you guys know. So Fred, uh, Jonathan just texted me. He's like, are you guys all whiskey buzz right now? And I said, oh, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> Before we get back into the, to the grind here, um, you know, how, how old are all you all? Uh, I turned 31 in January.
4: 32. I'm uh, turning 30. I'm the old man of the bunch. I'm turning 33 in like about a month. Less than.
1: That's awesome, man. Man, you guys got a lot of, you got a lot of time left in the ticker. I'll tell you that.
2: Hopefully, bro. <laughs> you
1: got a lot yeah, of time. <laughs> this is, this, these are the years you, uh, you put into it, man. You know?
2: So.
5: How old are you again, Fred? I am 42. 42. Uh, 42. Ripe old, young age.
4: (laughs) I kind of feel ready to go, almost. I feel like it plays on what we were talking about, living out a passion, and uh, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of help and and courage to to live out a a dream. And um, obviously, we have big plans for where we want to go and continue for the rest of our lives. But if if tomorrow's my last day, I
1: feel pretty good, you know. Like Yeah. I mean you all have you all have put stuff on track that's like, you know, you know, resonates and it feels good and it's right and but I'll tell you as like a fan, like I get I get pissed that this this sort of thing happened to you uh this year because this is this is the moment for you all. This is when you were going to break, like really fucking break. and and like i get i i i listen to your music and it is like to me it's great music and it's like that it's what i listen to it's like what i want and it's what i crave and and it pisses me off that you're hamstrung by this so like tonight, talking to you all and like hearing you discuss like how you are pushing through it, and how it's just another challenge, and like you've had eight years of doors closed, and this is just another a door closed, and you're like, "Fuck you, we're pushing through." Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, that encourages me. As a yeah, parent, I mean, like,
5: I mean for, I mean for what you're doing, like, it's it's amazing that you you pretty much have got to do everything you wanted to do like throughout COVID. I mean, I'm not, I don't know exactly what like trials and tribulations you've had to do that through, but I mean, for us, we, we can still write music at least. And that's like the most important part of this. The most important part is writing music and creating together. And uh, obviously we would love to play in front of people, but You know, just the writing aspect of it is huge. And as soon as we get back on stage, I feel like it's going to be a fucking disaster. (laughs) I feel like in in a good way. Like, I'm just going (laughs) to fucking, like, go crazy, and Vin and John and Nick are just going to lose their minds just because we haven't touched a stage in the longest amount of time that we've ever went through. And it's crazy, so... Please well, do, do me
1: this solid. Do do me this solid. You all will, you will promise me, promise me all three of you and by proxy, you know, whoever has, whoever has Nick by proxy that I know when your first show is, I want to be there. I want to be there for the first show Uh, for when you all come back <laughs> and it's time. If it's in like uh Ohio, iowa wyoming california i don't care i want i yeah. want to be there i want to i want to see it like and here's the thing here's the reason why it's like like i'm i'm amped up man i need music i yeah. I need to be there and, and listen to it and see it and and that's what it really comes down to for me is that like COVID has taken so much in so many ways i went from having I, I lost ninety percent of my income in a two-day period. Oh shit! Ninety percent, and I and I had to like, what do I do to replace this? And and it was like it was like this podcast. It was a live streaming on YouTube, and then I have I have I swear to God I have the best booking agent in the fucking world. And he's a music guy. He represents Rat. He represents Billy Squire. He represents a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, bands, uh, agencies called TKO. But, and, and, he, yeah. and, and he came on and like he took me on. He's like, hey, you know, I don't know whiskey, but I will fucking fight for you and I will push for you and he started getting me gigs Perfect. with Google and AT&T and all of these like private companies or, and all these like you know you know private like gigs that I was that's how I made my living was like private events and everything and like yeah. I I'd, I'd be at, I would be at bars and like educating people doing like what what we are tonight and yeah. like he and he translated that into virtual and it saved me, man. It saved my family. It saved so many things. But That's I mean, amazing. I would much rather have the stage. You know, like you know, last year I was on the stage with Adam Carolla and things like that. And it's, I'd much rather have that. And uh, but it, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I mean, we, 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 we deal with what we have, and if you wallow in it, which is okay, is okay. But sometimes, you, to, but you gotta pick bit, yourself yeah, up. Yeah, you can't. You can't stay there. You know, you gotta. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, well,
5: this is like so the little, most
1: little,
4: weirdest point.
5: Yeah, this is like the weirdest point that pretty much everybody that I know has been in in their entire life. And as long as you find something to latch on, you know, with this whole thing, um, whether it be just online presence or whatever the fuck people want to do at this point, but everybody's home. So it's like now our job went from we're going to play in front of people. We're going to actually perform in front of people and make a bunch of fucking loud noise. And like that, that, that was like the most important thing to us. And now that's taken away. So the only thing that we could possibly do is, live stream or something like that you know it's it's getting really weird but at least we're writing music and we're having a good time doing it that was like back to basics i think that's what this whole thing taught me at least i'm sure everybody else has um feelings about that and and fred just so you know like uh
2: you know, one thing about Moontooth is we're all about our community and and our friends and and family and, you know, fans and everything like that and anything we can do to help you succeed on in, in the field that you're in. Like, you know, we really appreciate you having us on and you know, once this goes, uh, you know, once this really goes live, we're going to help you push it. And like, we want you to be successful. And, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and send us all these great drinks and, you know, have this heart to heart conversation. And, you know, we're, we're here for you and we appreciate you being here for us. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you for that. And uh, like I said, anything we can do to help you out, like you have our numbers, like we're friends for life after this. So anything you need, like, don't be afraid to reach out.
1: Cool. I appreciate you mentioning that, Vin, because I'm going to be low on rent next month. I need about like, I don't know. I think rent's going to be ten thousand next month. So if if you have ten thousand, you can. Yeah. you, know, you know, no.
2: uh, <laughs> I can I can send you a cool T-shirt and I can talk to you. The and you promise? And you promise? I mean, John, he, he straight up said like whatever you need. So he actually, did. it's not say. To, it's ben. It's ben. not. <laughs> If you're looking for cash, you got to call Scotty in. You know, you have a point. Oh, Ludacris! <laughs> you talked to Ludicrous, I saw that too.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, the whole ludicrous thing—that was fun. Uh, but you know, uh,
2: yeah, it's uh <laughs> support, moral support, I, like friend and bonding. Like I'm broke listen, as fuck, so I can't help you. I I, 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 appreciate that. <laughs> and, and
1: and here's the thing: is like, is like the feelings mutual, and that shit's real. Like people people who just kinda hear that sort of thing, they don't realize how real that is and how hard it is for people who are artists and, and like people who are in the creative space, like how hard this past year has been. It's been hard for everybody, but when your soul is connected to like the creation of of, of putting something out there, you know, and and you have that taken away from you. It's completely stripped. It is it is it is soul crushing, you know. I mean, it's it's absolutely soul crushing, and I I just I just miss it so much. I miss it so much. But I will tell you, I will tell you, like this stuff right here, it saved me, and my YouTube my my uh, YouTube community. Like I have like this really great group that will you know follows me and they believe in me. They saved me. And they saved me, and I swear to God for the rest of my life whatever where whatever I become, if anything, you know they will always be so special to me mm-hmm. and and I think that's... that's I think that's what this time has taught us and then you you bring it up a little bit and it's, and it's like the people who support you in this time it really really matters, and you'll never forget it,
2: yeah. It's all about the brotherhood, man. We all got to stick together if we want to see this thing through and get to back to, you know, our normal reality. We all got to stick together. You know, that's the most important thing.
1: And to that, like, we have to choose. You you asked me to rank. You you uh, yeah. you asked me to rank the uh, the the, the whiskeys and like sticking together and doing that sort of thing. This is this is my one talent. Um, and that is, that is drinking. I don't, I have no other talents. And, uh, so here I go. I will, I will go through it. Top five. Here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to re-pour here. It's 1920. Top five. Here we are with the Fred Minnick show. Random top five.
5: <laughs> That's a good radio voice.
1: You're perfect. I have the face for radio. <laughs>
4: Oh, I was going to make that joke, there. but you're Coming actually beautiful a beautiful man. Party.
5: So I'm going to hit my second real quick.
1: Do any of you all have kids? Not yet. Oh. Nah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a
4: niece and nephew, two years old, twins. So I've dabbled. <laughs> <laughs> In the, in the all You're right so
1: well i respect well i respect and appreciate uh the sonoma rye and, and i've had it in other tastings before it's done very well uh tonight to me it's feeling a little bit more on the acidic side it's got a lot more oil in it than i want at the time right now that could change tomorrow but right now i'm putting it in number five Wow. So, Same here. so, so Sonoma Rise going in number five for me tonight.
5: Yeah, I feel like that's that's my order. That's around that's around the board. I think everybody's got Sonoma at five. I mean, for me, the Apple Brandy is number one. Uh, Nineteen twenties number two. Um, Bro, you're jumping the gun here.
2: what, what no, the fuck, right? I'm running yeah.
1: <laughs> I I, th- I I think we kind of knew Ray's feelings he, he, he yeah. was like he was like masturbating I don't want to forget I
4: he don't want to forget
1: He was it's masturbating a- on the apple brandy so Yeah exactly right. I'm, I'm, ready.
5: Ready I'm confused but yeah all right go ahead
1: <laughs> Okay uh so go back There the, the the next four there's not a lot of uh degree of separation The apple brandy is really special for the category of American apple brandy. I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, I'm going to go to Old Tub. Wow. For for what is this number four? Oh, you... oh no, I, I'm just doing a taste. Oh, you through? Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
2: John, don't rush it. Don't rush the
1: expert here, okay? I'm putting old tub in number four. Wow. Okay. Simply because the other three are really tight and they're really uh there's a bit of a flaw in old tub and that there's a touch of a plastic note on the back end. Wow. So yeah. So, and this is a very strange comparison to do a comparison between brandy and bourbon, but yet here we are. This is what we're doing, and um, uh, it's going to happen. My God, we've been talking for two hours.
2: <laughs> That's how you know it's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, when whiskey's involved, we can go forever, you know?
1: But here's the thing too, like, listen, I, I mean, really, I, I, I kind of like, I, I, I just told you how much I appreciate your band and how much you all personally mean to me. And I, and I think that this, this night was very important to me to convey that, to, convey here, that to you all. Absolutely. And it's Thanks. very important to me that, you know, moon tooth is a band that like not only survives but thrives like your sound I continue to say this that's real and I listen to bands all the time I can interview anybody I want but you all are special to me personally and as I taste 1920 Old Forster 1920 (laughs) mmm yeah oldville uh old forcer 1920 is feeling very off to me tonight
2: wow
1: okay in comparison to past nights the brandy's filling money
2: you think yeah. that's gonna hit number one
1: uh well i said 1897 was my number one earlier let okay, me find so- out make sure <laughs> As we're two hours into this and
5: <laughs> my cat is just annoying the shit out of me, but he's okay. <laughs> give him some whiskey. Yeah. Hey buddy Yeah, cats won't
1: cats won't drink whiskey.
2: Uh, ask him if uh he thinks Sonoma
5: rye is going to be his number five he likes beer though. i mean like he will just like clamp on a beer and just start licking the top of the beer and i have to pull him off of it it's really weird but whiskey not so much unfortunately it's better for me
1: (laughs) this is a good night for 1897 good night Old Forester 1897, number one. Apple Brandy, number two. Okay, here we go. 1920, number three. Sonoma four. <laughs> no, I mean, old top four. Sonoma five.
4: That's my wow. Favorite. Okay. Yeah. Woo! I can, can I can I say that uh. <clears throat> I'm, I'm probably like the furthest down the line in terms of like a tasteful palate and a cute palate. Um, but that, that's my ranking as well. Um, for someone who is, is not familiar, I kind of go through Ray honestly for like learning about whiskeys mm-hmm. and bourbon and, and whatnot. But, um, but I mean, whiskey in general is my drink of choice. Uh, that said, you know, I, I feel like the the Sonoma Rye stood out the most. I like that was the most different taste that I tasted the whole time. Um, the apple uh, was probably stood out the second most, but in a good way, in a really good way. Um, the Old Tub and the uh, Old Forest 1920, they're both gone now. So i can't back this up right now but I, feel like those two, I feel like those two i um were the closest to uh you know i i, I could tell the the least uh differences uh with but the but the old forester like yeah that i love that that hit me it burned i i i like the feel of it and and everything and uh yeah, it just felt really good and tasted great and, you know, because I like the taste, but I also I love how it feels kind of going down, not only like drinking it, but also like how I feel it when I drink it in in my nose and everything. And uh,
1: yeah, that's that's coming from somebody who knows jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's I mean, sometimes sometimes that's uh, that's the best uh, whiskey taster. You know, I mean, to be honest yeah. with you, like like I I'm going I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very candid with you all. My palate does not fill on tonight. You know, so um cuz you're so talking I, to us, you all weird. I, <laughs> no, I I wouldn't say that. I I'm, I I would say like I'm just I just get back I just got back from vacation. Uh oh. I've got my um you know i've got a lot of shit going on and then i got my like my second like um my second vaccine coming up like you know i, I, I get the second injection like in a couple of days and and, it, oh, and nice. it's like and it's like like my body knows like because like things are being very different in me mm, yeah. you know like You know, the wife is like, hey, let's do, uh, you know, uh, and I'm like, it's like, and it's like, not like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa!" what's going on here? (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's a, it, it, there, there's a weird, there's a weird body chemistry on me coming up. And it's like, I I don't know. I like and, like, I've never tasted 1920 like I did tonight, so.
4: I mean, the the chemistry of all this is incredibly fascinating, you know what I mean? Because you were talking about this a little bit before, but it goes just beyond the alcohol, but, like, the person who's tasting it, of course. I
1: mean, absolutely. We yeah. all change. It's it's like, John, you, you like, change how you uh, sing all the time. I mean, come on. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. So, Fred,
2: when we when we put out the next record, we're gonna have to do this again, and uh, we'll really get your uh, your palate on the second on the second turnaround. Oh
1: man, how, how about I how about I uh pair uh I pair whiskeys uh to each of the songs. How, how's that? Um, oh, right.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm yeah.
1: I'd love to do that. It'd be great. Yeah. So. Uh, so as we kind of close out, uh, for the night, uh, but don't go away. Cause we are going to hang out after, after hours, if you'd like, if you're all right with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's say that, uh, we have many, many, many moon things to come. And I will, <laughs> I will, I will say that I, I, uh, I would, without a doubt, I cannot wait to see you all on stage. I cannot wait to see you all get back out there and, and push and do what you all do because music needs you in bands like you. Music is stuck. Music is stuck in, in technology. And when I see bands and music, uh, that, does not need technology to push it through beyond an amplifier or something like that, of course. I mean, I get excited. And when I saw you all perform, when I listened to you all for the first time, I was like, you all have it and you should be way up here and people are just discovering you I'm like, I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that you all get seen, and so it it is absolutely with my honor from the bottom of my heart to like have you all as my like (laughs) podcast uh, intro. Moon Tooth is now part of the Fred Minnick Show. Thank you forever. I cannot wait for everyone to find you all. This is so awesome to me. So cheers to you
0: assholes.
1: (laughs) I I do wish Nick was here because his toil is quite great.
2: Cheers. You next time for sure.
1: Also, everybody here hates vodka, right? Yeah, get that shit out
2: of here. Or tequila. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Cheers. I don't hate. It, oh, but... no, no. You, you, no, you hate. You hate it. I'm disagree.
5: Right.
1: Right. Oh, I right. let me think. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Oh, fuck that! Fuck, Ray's a vodka drinker, isn't he? No, I'm not. No, he's, he's really
5: not. not. Right. The, whatever's free. I think I've drank vodka like
4: five times. I don't remember the time. The last time I even heard you guys even drinking vodka, myself too in that like yeah it was like one
5: time (laughs) on tour i think i twice (laughs) but it's always been bourbon all the way no it's it's bourbon whiskey
4: and and, then tequila changed things
1: up cheers to that my friends cheers to you i hope you enjoyed that episode with uh moontooth please make sure you are giving us uh, a rating however you get your podcasts be sure to uh, subscribe to our newsletter at fredminnick.com. And, of course, follow me on all your social medias. Uh, just look for my name, Fred Minnick. Now, that's going to do it for this week. Make sure you're safe out there. No looking handrails, no looking trash cans. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers.
0: You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.